with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, it's a kind of a meh-looking day outside our office here at Quebec, and third, watch out for the wind. That apparently is going to keep going. Now, I don't think there was any wind for the climb to conquer cancer about a week and a half ago, and I interviewed Sandra Blackwell about a month before the event, and she basically blackmailed me into having another interview because she refused to tell me what was happening on the Saturday night before the uh, climb. So we had Doug Bell on about a week ahead of that, and he gave me some more information. Well, the climb went off on September the 19th. We're going to do a wrap-up with the third member of the group, if you will. Christina Dahl joins me in the studio today. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. So the, the big thing, I guess, this year because the Climb for Cancer has been going for a number of years, but this year you had a concert on the Saturday night, which is something, that's the first time you've ever had a secondary event, isn't it? Yes, it is. So we used to hold a bit of a gathering the day of the Climb mm-hmm. for Cancer, but just to spread out numbers this year, we decided, you know what, let's do something fun for the community. It's been a bit of a tough year for everyone. Let's give them something to look forward to in addition to the Climb for Cancer. And also as a way for people who maybe can't do the climb, it's just mm-hmm. physically too challenging for them, or they're not available on the day. So let's give them something fun to do. So we had a concert and not quite a barbecue, but there were food trucks. So we had a few musicians come out and play throughout the night. And then we had the Open Door Cafe and Smokey Jays on site. And then we had a little bit of an artisan walk. So it was held in the orchard across from the winery and along the path leading up to the musicians. There were vendors spaced out so you could have a look at local vendors, maybe make a purchase or two. And entry was by donation. So all the donations did go toward uh, the entire amount raised for the Cordy Band Lodge. And so now, how how did that go over, and what was the weather like that night? Because that was a strange weekend. It was a strange weekend. So we were expecting rain the entire weekend, and Mother Nature held true to the forecast on Saturday. So it was actually kind of nice earlier in the day, and then the clouds came in. and Both the time you guys started yeah. to get together out at the orchard, all of a sudden the clouds said, we're going to come to this concert too. Yeah, they decided to join us for the event. Uh, I don't know, we just packed our umbrellas and our rain boots, and it was a little chilly, uh, but people still came out and enjoyed the music, brought their blankets, you know, mm-hmm. huddled up. We had tents out, so people were able to shelter from the rain at least. And it was hit and miss, so I mean, it would be raining, and then it would stop raining, it would be raining, stop raining. So <laughs> the weather didn't super cooperate with us, but people, I think, were still eager to get out and do something. Um, so it was nice for them to have an event to attend. So we did have people just coming through um, quite consistently throughout the evening. So that was nice to see. Okay. And then the next day, the climb itself. Mm -hmm. And on the Saturday evening, you were probably going, this rain is going to make it all kinds of fun going up the cut banks. But then... Then it was sunny. We were actually really surprised by the weather. It was supposed to rain, and then it was a beautiful blue sky day, a few clouds, a nice breeze. It wasn't too windy. It wasn't too cold. I actually overdressed for the climb itself. I had to take off a couple layers because I was too warm, but uh, not too warm that you weren't just sweltering on the way up, as we've had what we had last year because it was quite warm the day that I did the climb last year. Okay, I was going to say, because last year was four days, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Because COVID, basically, and let's keep everybody separated from everybody else. Yeah, so last year we spaced it out over four days. Uh, We, we, like everyone else, were scrambling to try to figure out how can we still hold this fundraiser, Mm -hmm. hold our event, 
with the restrictions that were in place around events. And so we did space it out over four days. This year we managed to condense it back into a day and then just held the event the day prior to the actual climb for cancer. Now you were saying you climbed. I did climb. Yes. I'm guessing this was not your first time climbing in the climb for cancer. No, I believe it was time three or four. Okay. So the first time first time was hard. Mm-hmm. It definitely had never climbed the cut banks before and it's for those who haven't done it, they don't know that it's quite an incline and for those who yeah. have done it. Especially depending on whether the sand is wet or dry, mm-hmm. that can vary the level of difficulty. So the first time I did it, I really struggled, for sure. <laughs> and then the second year, I went up on the switchbacks along the side, which uh, is an option for yeah. people. Yeah. And this year, I just went straight up. Uh, it made it a lot easier that it had been raining because mm. the dirt was packed down, wet. You able to dig in a little mm-hmm. bit and not yeah. be sliding exactly. back down the hill yeah. and going, look, hello. Yeah. So, and it, it was nice, too, because the first year, I found, because we did have everyone climbing at once, mm. you feel the pressure from people behind you to yeah. go, 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 and even if you don't feel maybe physically fit enough to go, as I didn't at that time. So it was nice, actually, that we were really spaced out this time because you could go at your own pace. You knew you had your block of time to get up the hill and back down. So, yeah, I didn't push myself too hard, but I think I did it in a decent amount of time. Okay. <laughs> and you only did one up and back? Yeah, I did one up and back. I was volunteering after my block of time right. just to cheer people on, so I climbed up halfway again, but we won't count that toward my total. <laughs> but last year I did, I think, four times, three and a half or four times, so I feel like that was my year. <laughs> well, technically, you must have climbed twice. You must have climbed it twice, because otherwise, how did you get back down? You well, maybe didn't climb back down during your time period, but you did climb back down. But only about halfway. I went halfway up the hill oh, the okay. second time okay. and just cheered people on from the sidelines. So yeah. we'll count it at one and a half. Okay. <laughs> so your job was, you're almost there. I'm lying yeah. through my teeth, but you're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Good job. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Think about how nice it's going to be on the way down yes. with this incline. That's the fun part. <laughs> yes. Although, I guess, again, with the wetter dirt, it probably wasn't that bad on the way down. Because so thinking again, if it's dry... You could very easily relive the, uh, the what do they call it? Sandblast? A sandblast. A sandblast. You could very easily relive that if you lost your footing on the uh, dry sand. You definitely could. So it definitely made it easier on the way down. And I think that's the funnest part for everyone, especially the kids. There were lots of kids out. And there was one father-son, and they were dressed up as superheroes. And so <laughs> on their way down, their capes were flying behind them. It was really sweet. <laughs> So were you part of a team? Like, I know there's a lot of teams involved. Mm -hmm. I was. So I'm part of the Unicorns, which is the team I've been on even before I was on the planning committee. Mm -hmm. I did the climb, and uh, that comes from a dodgeball team. So Doug Bell, who is the leader for our planning committee, Mm -hmm. he started, or he was part of this team. I don't know the genesis of the dodgeball team. I did play on it for one year, but... That name was just transferred over to our Climb for Cancer team. <laughs> we have shirts that we wear for dodgeball, so we have these bright pink shirts that have unicorns on them, and we wear those for the climb as well. And if people aren't part of the dodgeball team, we just ask that they wear pink, um, yep. but they can, anyone can join our team. I'm just thinking dodgeball and you're wearing bright pink. Isn't that the same as painting a target on yourself? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is. We're just making it easier for the other team if you look at it that way. Okay, yeah. That's sporting of you. Yes. So how many climbers did you have out? So total participants for both days mm-hmm. were around 500. 
I don't have the breakdown for how many climbed the day of, but the number of people who came to the event and the number of people who climbed was around 500, which is a fantastic total. Yeah. It's uh, pretty close to the numbers that we hit a couple of years ago, so we're really pleased with that. Yeah, and we won't even think about what the numbers were last year because that was very much an anomaly. It was an anomaly, but a lot of people still came out. And yeah. We're always grateful to the community. They're so supportive, and they do what needs to be done to support great events like this. So what kind of did you get the chance to talk to anybody at the concert on the Saturday night and get comments from them? They go kind of like, I'd love to have you guys do this next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a little conversation with the Open Door Cafe staff mm. just because they're doing this pumpkin spice latte contest. So, of course, I had to participate. Oh, of course. I had to get one. And so the staff there were really friendly and they were really jo- enjoying the event. Mm-hmm. So I think they would come back. Um, I didn't get to talk to any of the musicians, of course, because they were playing, but just the general vibe was that people were enjoying this concert, so I think, anecdotally, people would probably enjoy having it again, and it would be nice to try to have it again. It was the first year, like we mentioned, but we'll take some lessons learned from it. You know, you can't do much about the weather, but yeah, yeah, we'll just try it again and, and see. We were happy with it. We hope... People who came are happy with it. Yeah, and there's more than enough musicians in town. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, well, we've got to get the same three out next year. No, you can find three other musicians. Mm-hmm. Just let them know a little bit in advance what day it's going to be. We have a lot of local talent here, like yeah. superb local talent, so there's never a shortage. As long as they're not already pre-booked, we That's, just, like you yeah. said, have to give them That's the advantage. The yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I guess might be why you guys might have to look at booking sort of the date for next year's event so you can do that sort of thing with your volunteers as well but also in terms of let the vendors know what night it's going to be let them you know, track down some musicians mm-hmm. yeah if we if we are able to have some certainty around what type mm-hmm. of an event we can hold next year that would be ideal if we're able to pre-plan uh, this year and last year it was a very wait and see what's going to happen can we even still hold it and then a rush at the end to plan because things were just in flux and changing so much. So if there's a bit more stability next year, it would be awesome to be able to set the date and stick with that date and then really plan out in advance, as we normally would have a couple of years prior to the situation we find ourselves in now. (laughs) Again, having the concert and the climb, obviously, both outdoors, made a little bit easier planning everything to some extent because you didn't have to worry about like, you know, how are we going to handle vaccine passports and stuff because it's outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are still some restrictions around that. Yeah. We did have to have a safety plan, but it definitely makes it easier that our event is outside. If we were an indoor event, probably would have had to cancel. Mm-hmm. So we were able to look at just the flow of participants and how we can stagger that to enable us to still hold the event. So we did assign teams and individual participants, if they weren't on a team, a time to climb. Right. So that en- enabled us to just stagger how many people were climbing up the hill and just make everyone feel like they had their space and also just not feeling rushed by having a bunch of people behind you. Because <laughs> yeah. if you have all 500, uh-huh. people, right? <laughs> all 500 people climbing at once, it can get pretty crowded on there. So <laughs> Yeah, that's why people use the switchbacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So now, maybe not the big question, but one of the questions... How much was raised this year? Mm -hmm. So we raised about $47,000, and that was the last total I was given. So we do accept donations on an ongoing basis throughout the year. So that could continue to increase. Some people do sometimes donate after the fact. 
but we're really, really pleased with that. We had set a goal of around 50000 so oh, we nearly hit that mark. Close. Yeah, we're super, super thrilled with, with that, and that people still came out, that our sponsors stayed on board. We're really grateful to them, grateful to the planning committee, grateful to all the participants and all the people who came out to help us with our community concert. It's really a community effort, and... Yeah, we couldn't accomplish this without everyone, so we're really pleased. And one of the big things with the Climb to Conquer Cancers is you say it's a community effort, Mm -hmm. and the money stays in the community to some extent. It does stay in the community. So the Cordy Van Lodge is a local organization that provides a home away from home that's safe and affordable for people who are coming to receive cancer treatment in Prince George. So the money is raised through this event, go toward the annual operating expenses of this facility, and it's just such a huge relief for people who are going through a really hard time in their lives and their families to know that they're not going to be really financially strained because they have to come to a larger center to receive treatment. So this center was funded by local people. Um, it is a local organization. It's staffed locally, and we're also benefiting people in the north so it's a really great cause and now this was what number for the uh, client for cancer because you guys can keep calling it the sixth or seventh or whatever annual because you didn't miss last year Mm -hmm. we didn't so we're actually at our sixth consecutive client for cancer so we can say it's consecutive and it's the sixth annual so we're looking forward to our seventh next year and if you, if, I'm assuming you and the planning committee probably haven't really gotten together yet to start planning for next year, but if you had a choice, would you like to see it maybe move back to the spring where the weather might be a little bit better? Yeah, the weather and also there's a lot of events in the fall mm. and the summer. So, And the summer, you know, people go away on family holidays and they're out of their cabins and they're out camping. So the spring really is our kind of ideal time to hold it. Mm-hmm. But we're at the mercy again of guidelines around events yeah. due to... COVID-19. So if we can, we will. Uh, We haven't met again yet. We do plan to meet soon just to discuss how things went and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. We just haven't gotten there yet. Just taking a little bit of a breather (laughs) before we jump right back into it. But ideally, we would like to hold it in the spring. But again, we just have to kind of go with the flow and see how things unfold over the next few months to see if we can actually do that. Now, you were saying people can still donate. Mm -hmm. How do they do that? So they just need to go to pgclimbforcancer.ca and pick a team, pick an individual, donate to whomever you would like. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram, and if you want to send us a message, if you're unclear about how to do that, we can help you out. Now, do the unicorns need financial help at this point? or uh, The unicorns are the top fundraising team, so they did really well this year. I can't claim credit for that. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of fundraising this year. I did last year. I, mm-hmm. I was able to sneak in um, an actual fundraising event I planned right before mm-hmm. the pandemic yeah, was declared. Yeah. So I, I raised over 1000 last year, which is I was well, pretty impressed. Yeah. This year, I raised 20 So <laughs> Okay. $20. So I'm not going to take credit for my team's success, Mm. but there were a couple of individuals who really did uh, step up to the plate and raise a lot. So we raised about 6,000 total. So at this point, we don't need support, but if you do want to donate to us, it is going to the same pot. So please do, but there's lots of other teams and individuals that we would gratefully see donations going to. (laughs) Christina Dahl, Climb to Conquer Cancer, thank you very much for coming in and bringing us the wrap-up. And thanks for having us as always. Okay. Christina Dahl giving us the wrap-up on this year's Climb for Cancer, which took place about a week and a half ago. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9.
Join us each week for music and the spoken word featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcast in the world, celebrating over 90 years on the air. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, patriotic, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir. Now heard Sunday mornings at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Q Community Seniors and Older Adults are holding a Zoom social Thursdays at 2.30. No matter where you are, LGBTQ and other friends aren't far. New people are always welcome. To take part, RSVP Courtney for the Zoom link by email to seniors at qmunity.ca or call 604-684-5307. The Community Seniors and Older Adults Zoom Social, Thursdays at 2.30. A social connection, the virtual way. Installation for the city's new modular supportive housing project along First Avenue is now underway. The first phase of the project consists of 50 purpose-built, fully furnished units, which will come with 24-7 support services including meal programs, life and employment skills training, and health and wellness supports. Construction is expected to be completed early next year. The project is a collaboration between the city, Northern Health, and BC Housing. For more information, visit letstalkhousingbc.ca slash prince-george. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, a 40% chance of showers this afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Wind from the south at 20, gusting to 40, a high of 13. Partly cloudy tonight, gusting south winds becoming light this evening, a low of 3 with a risk of frost. For Wednesday, mainly cloudy, a 30% chance of showers. Wind from the south at 30, gusting to 50, and a high of 12. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, it doesn't necessarily look like fall out there right now. The sun's shining. It is a little bit chilly, I think, still. But uh, in the city, one of the young women from the city is doing a great job on one of the planters right outside our uh, office here. But it is, we are officially into fall, as of, I guess, last week was the first day of fall. And Colleen Van Mook, the executive director of Downtown PG, is here to talk about something they've got to celebrate fall. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, it is actually a beautiful fall day. I really enjoy this time of year. And in downtown Prince George, as everyone knows, we've been struggling for the last Mm -hmm. year and a half on on how to execute our uh, festivals. And so downtown Fall Fest is uh, coming back, but again in another new way. (laughs) So Downtown Fall Fest Markets on Saturday, October 2nd, Mm -hmm. is what we are promoting. And again, what we've been able to do during these strange times is really look at what's happening already downtown Mm -hmm. uh, safely. And and the markets have been amazing all summer. We did our Downtown Summer Fest Saturdays. um, And really, it was an opportunity to let people know that these markets are happening uh, in our downtown. Uh, For the most part, uh, in the summer, they are outdoor. Uh, The PG Mm -hmm. Farmer's Market has an indoor market all year round. And so we're winding down with mm-hmm. the outdoor markets. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the Thanksgiving weekend will be the last uh, Saturday okay. of the outdoor markets uh, mm-hmm. downtown. So we thought we would celebrate October 2nd, yeah. work with the Prince George Farmers Market and the Wilson Square Community Market, and remind people, come down, because this is getting to be your last chance. 
But our merchants on 4th Avenue wanted to be part of the action. And we know there's some great um, uh, shops uh, Mm -hmm. on our 4th Avenue uh, street. And so they are working together to put on their own uh, street festival uh, on the same day, October 2nd. Mm -hmm. And that'll be from 10 to 4. So the markets have always been 8.30 to 2, Saturdays. And uh, that will be the same on October 2nd. And then the 4th Avenue market will start at 10 and go till 4. And we really think it's an opportunity for people to come downtown, uh, see what's going on. It will be safe. Most of uh, the activities are outdoors. And, of course, everyone knows that our businesses and our restaurants are following all the protocols necessary to keep their staff and their customers safe. So now the Summer Fest, if I remember correctly... It was Third Avenue, basically, wasn't it? That was taking part in that one for the most part. It was the merchants like this block right in front of us from Quebec to Dominion was closed, I think, for each of those Saturdays, and the whole block right from the farmers market. Well, not all the way down because you didn't have. I don't think they had both blocks off, did they? No, no. and you know, there's a there are some things that we need to keep in mind when it comes to traffic flow. Yes, and uh, so what what happened then, and what will also happen on October second is Third mm-hmm. Avenue will be closed from Quebec oh. to Dominion. So Third Avenue will be closed from Quebec. Yes. Okay. And and so the Prince George Farmers Market will be working with all of their vendors and maybe inviting some some new vendors to mm-hmm. show up, and so people will be able to find. A lot of activity on uh, Mm. 3rd Avenue. The Wilson Square Market, of course, always blocks off 3rd Avenue from uh, George Street to Queensway. And so that will also be the case. So there'll be a a few great opportunities for people Mm -hmm. to stroll and and be, uh, you know, able to socialize safely Mm -hmm. on the downtown streets. And then 4th Avenue, of course, will also block off from Mm. Quebec to Dominion. And that's uh, some people who have been around in Prince George might remember that we used to refer to that as Special D Avenue. (laughs) But uh, I think that really we've seen a lot of change, but it's still quite a unique uh, retail part of our downtown. And uh, we have a lot of great uh, businesses uh, on that uh, street, and they're all getting together, like Allison's Embroidery and Back 40, Dandelions, Mm -hmm. Jim's Clothes Closet. Kathy's Quilt, Le Beau Visage, McGinnis Lighting, PS Pianos is fairly new on mm. that block. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sisters, Rock and Gem. We have right. the Shush Store, which also has just maybe been a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walk Right Shoes, and of course, Zoe's Java House mm. has, is a great spot to yeah, have. Now that's one of the differences between 3rd Avenue and 4th Avenue, isn't it? Like, 3rd Avenue, especially right around here, is more almost like a restaurant road to some extent. A lot more restaurants here, not as many on 4th. 4th Avenue is more stores, if you will, retail. Exactly, retail, yeah. yeah. And and it's interesting how that has happened. And it was actually, you know, when it came to us even doing the Downtown Summerfest Saturdays, when uh, the White Goose and Nancy O's got their patios, their outdoor Mm. patios, it it really was something that people are like, wow, this is actually quite neat. So um, that really added to the atmosphere as well. I believe that Nancy O's, they'll be able to keep their patios a little bit longer. I Not, think so, October 31st is when they have to have them gone. Yes, I guess the snow plows don't want to work around that. Uh, no. but, but it's been a fun to see that. And we want to thank uh, Prince George for supporting downtown mm-hmm. and for supporting these markets that have really still been able to... Um, 
you know, back to that whole thing of shop local, and mm-hmm. we have great um, uh, farmers in our in our region, and uh, gives them an opportunity to to bring that uh, amazing uh, produce to to our tables, mm-hmm. and and so really, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we talk about fall. Uh, is being the harvest time, and so this is really an opportunity um, for the farmers to get that last oppor- the Well, I keep saying opportunity, but it really is an opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's an opportunity for everyone. So downtown Fall Fest markets is really where we want to say it's it's fun downtown. Uh, come and support local, support the market, support the businesses. We've had a rough year mm-hmm. and a half, but I am so proud of what our our merchants have done in our downtown, and they're hanging in there despite yeah. everything. Because there's, you know, it's not all rosy, but really, when you come downtown and you support these people, you make us feel like we have something to offer to the community, and and it becomes a really refreshing to see people on our streets enjoying the downtown. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about downtown Fall Fest Markets Day, as well as just the downtown in general, after 9. The North Central Seniors Association is back in operation with weekly activities. Take part in Tai Chi, Scrabble, or play pool on Wednesdays in the basement of the College Heights Baptist Church. On Friday, it's art, or stop by the Columbus Community Center on Thursdays for yoga. Activities are scheduled from 10 to noon. The association is following current provincial guidelines for masks, sanitizing, distancing, and proof of vaccination to keep participants safe and the center open. The North Central Seniors Association. Check them out online at ncsapg.bravehost.com. Residents traveling along the Heritage neighborhood will notice big holes being dug along the side of First Avenue. These holes and trenches are part of the preparatory work as the city of Prince George is replacing aging streetlight infrastructure next to Moore's Meadow. The installation of new LED lights will improve nighttime illumination on streets and intersections for increased safety. The operation is expected to be completed by October. To learn more about infrastructure work in Prince George, visit princegeorge.ca slash infrastructure. Downtown Prince George invites you to celebrate fall in another new way with downtown Fall Fest markets. Stroll the downtown streets to find the fresh seasonal flavors of our two farmers markets and shop downtown's unique stores and boutiques. There will also be a free pumpkin giveaway and new this year, the 4th Avenue Merchants with their own special street market. Full details are available at downtownpg.com. The Downtown Prince George Fall Fest markets, Saturday from 8.30 to 4. The BC Schizophrenia Society's annual general meeting and AGM education series is set for Saturday. Available free via Zoom, this year's event includes a presentation on understanding privacy and information sharing legislation in relation to the mental health system, followed by a Q&A. For more information and to register, visit bcss.org. Come together, the BC Schizophrenia Society's annual general meeting and AGM education series, Saturday from 1 to 3.30 through BC. SS.org. It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS FM. So, Colleen, we were talking about how a bit of a difference between the merchants on Third Avenue and the merchants on Fourth Avenue. Third Avenue, a little bit more the restaurants and stuff like that. Fourth Avenue, maybe more retail. Is there that same sort of difference between the two markets? Like, does the farmer's market have a slightly different lean, if you will, Van Wilson Square? 
That's the great question. I, I, I really think that when it comes to the, the two farmers markets, we do have a lot of people asking why aren't they together? Mm-hmm. And you know, my, let's not get into that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, uh, we we really enjoy it. We're really glad that they're they're spread out and there is two markets. And I really think that each of those markets sort of has their uh, their group that they work with, and and they. Um, there's a comfort level in terms of how each of them operate. Mm-hmm. And what I'm noticing, especially this year, is each of them are really kind of trying to reach out more. Um, and, and they like these special opportunities mm-hmm. because they can invite different people to come every once in a while. Now, both markets do have that make it, bake it, and grow it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one ofs gives them an opportunity to invite other people to, to join in the fun and, and to really uh, show the community uh, some tremendous skills when it comes to making things and baking things and growing things, something that I'm not that great at. But, you know, I do want to talk uh, again about this idea of downtown Fall Fest markets, yeah. um, because the other thing that uh, we are uh, doing with both the Wilson Square Community Market and the Prince George Farmers Market is um, pumpkin giveaway. Ooh. So each of those markets will have... Um, and a limited quantity is what we say mm-hmm. of pumpkins to give away. And downtown Prince George has, um, has supported that. And, uh, that's another opportunity for us to support the farmers that yep. have been growing the pumpkin. <laughs> so come early and, uh, get your free pumpkin. Uh, the Prince George farmers market is also using that day to, um, to celebrate a, a legendary farmer. His name is John Riser. So mm. I, I understand that he's going through some health issues and mm-hmm. they want to raise some money for him as well. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, this is a, a, again, I use that word opportunity, but it's just so true that w- yeah. when we see all the collaboration uh, that, that can happen in a community and maybe, you know, this horrible pandemic has allowed us to think more about how we can work together. So mm-hmm. that's what downtown Prince George has said. We want to invite people to uh, come downtown on this downtown Fall Fest Markets Day, October 2nd, and just see what there is to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, when we did the Summerfest Saturdays, it was really nice to see people able to uh, wave hello to their friends, maybe yeah. even if they had to keep their distance, and, and that opportunity is there. We're also going to... Uh, get social a little bit and uh, we're going to ask people to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and mm. Uh, in that regard, they may win uh, the possibility of a $100 gift certificate. We're actually giving oh. away five. Wow. Okay. And what we like to do there is we're 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 saying, if you win, you tell us what your favorite downtown business is, and we'll oh. give you $100 okay. to, to spend at that local business. And once again, that's our way to uh, get people into the business, <laughs> but to support them at the same time. Yeah. Now, I know during Summerfest... Just a little ways down from where we are sitting right now, down towards Dominion Street, there was a stage set up, and there was music on at least a couple of the days. Is there music this coming weekend? There will be some entertainment. Ooh. Again, we don't really like to talk about a stage, but I know what you're talking about. We were really, again, that was a collaboration where yeah. um, the... Uh, the brewery was able to to bring some entertainment that that mm-hmm. one of the first Saturdays where they were giving away trees yeah. and and a, a, um, a lot of products. So that was a lot of fun. And 
And one of the vendors was a, also an entertainer. And so the other Saturdays, that vendor continued to uh, entertain yeah. people. And it does make a difference when you can hear that music. And you can probably hear it from in here. So, uh, yes, the Wilson Square Community Market uh, will feature live entertainment uh, mm-hmm. as well um, as uh, the PG Farmer's Market. Uh, Chris Good is going to play at the PG Farmer's Market. And right. Mike Vigano is going to play at uh, Community Wilson. Well, the Wilson Square Community Market. <laughs> and hopefully they won't try to drown each other out. They're far enough apart. They're definitely far enough yeah. apart. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's another thing we've really missed during this time is to be able to support our local entertainers. Yeah. So here's another chance uh, to do that as well. Yeah, because I was just thinking, because I know Mike plays guitar, I believe. I don't know for sure what Chris plays. I was thinking, I wonder if it would be possible to set it up so that they play like dueling banjos. Because oh, <laughs> it's actually, of course, if you listen, it's actually a banjo and a guitar. It's not dueling banjos. There's a banjo and a guitar. Well, that would be guitar. interesting. Now, I will tell you, I don't exactly know what time. I know that yeah. Mike's playing in the afternoon. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what so, time Chris is playing. So but, you know, these are always good ideas that we no. could look at in the future. <laughs> uh, but I think when people come downtown this Saturday and uh, – you were talking about the weather. It looks mm-hmm. like it might be a nice Saturday Hopefully, um, in yes. the fall. And uh, there's just going to be so much that people can enjoy. But also, don't forget to bring your wallets because there will be yeah. lots of opportunity to maybe even do some early Christmas shopping. Yeah, and don't forget when you're down here, if you come down here early and you hit the Farmer's Market, Prince George Farmer's Market, and then the Wilson Square Community Market, don't forget, go over a block. Exactly. You'll probably still be here at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so go over a block to 4th Avenue. For sure. And, yeah. And the market goes till 2. So, you yeah. know, again, there's an opportunity to yeah. stop and have some lunch. Uh, and everyone needs to know we have about 35 restaurants in downtown <sighs> Prince George. So yeah. there's an opportunity to, to support those restaurants and have a great meal at, at, in many places downtown. Yeah. And I do want to tell people that it will be a great day to, to put some uh, steps on your uh, mm, odometer yes. um, because parking will probably be an interesting uh, scenario. And uh, mm, don't yeah. forget the city does have free parking in all their parkades and their lots. And City Furniture has a parking lot, too. They always tell me to remind people that okay. that, that will be open, too. Right. And apparently, they're having a big sale, too. So it's going to be a fun day in downtown Prince George on Saturday, October 2nd. Yeah, it's going to be a busy day. Busy day. We love to see it. And again, what I like about it again as well is the farmer's market, of course, as you said, always had the same hours, basically, 830 to 2. And then 4th Avenue, people said, okay, well, let's do an overlap. We won't start at the same time as them. We'll start at 10, but we'll go a little bit later. So if somebody comes down in the afternoon, they can go to the farmer's market and then head over to uh, 4th Avenue. Yeah, make a real day of it. Yeah. uh, let me see. Downtown Fall Fest Markets Day Downtown. <laughs> That's a rather complicated name. Yeah, we won't say it too fast. But, you no. know, again, we've been reimagining uh, for the last 18 months. We we really want to hang on to, to those festivals that we do remember putting on in the old-fashioned way. Yeah. And hopefully they'll come back to us. Uh, but we really want... Again, want to thank the community for supporting us in our reimagined events. And this Downtown Fall Fest Markets Day is another opportunity for us to just hang in there. Is it safe to assume there's not going to be a Winterfest downtown? We can't assume anything, Alan. No. And you know what? Again, we, we haven't given up. And uh, Downtown Winterfest is uh, usually in February. Mm-hmm. 
who knows, but uh, we did again try to at least promote downtown. Yeah. The next event that we'll be trying to talk people or talk to people about will be our Plaid Friday. So that's Ooh. the last Friday in November that we right. kind of uh, yeah use the Black Friday um, day plaid. to make yes. it plaid, plaid Friday to support local. Yeah. And so then, of course, as well, there'll be all the Christmas stuff. I can't believe Let's it's September the 28th. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. But I shouldn't you know have what? It, up. it does happen every year, whether we want it to or not. Yes. So, yeah. And again, that's for a lot of people, that's what Plaid Friday it's is, a bit, sort it, of. It's, it's a great kickoff of to, cr- yeah. to Christmas, for sure. So yeah. that's what we like to remind people that, uh, you know, by that time, it's uh, a month before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So we, we're just... Again. Really hoping that people will remember that we have some great merchants in our mm-hmm. downtown, great restaurants. Come down anytime, really, but uh, we're trying to make it a little bit of fun and uh, remind people what a great community we have. And and uh, you can see your friends as you stroll the streets and check out what's happening on Saturday, October 2nd. Okay, now if people want more information about, well, downtown PG itself, but especially about the 2021 Downtown Fall Fest Markets Day, where can they find the information? Definitely go to our website, downtownpg.com, and we are, again, reminding people, follow us on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram, because there'll be more information there, and you can also uh, enter our contest. Great. Colleen Van Mook, Executive Director of Downtown PG. As always, thank you very much for coming in and bringing us up to date. Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon. You too. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9. The City of Prince George is again organizing an event to give local entrepreneurs the opportunity to pitch their best laid business plans to local business leaders. This year's Titan's Den, October 28th and 29th, will follow required COVID-19 protocols. Residents interested in participating in the Titan's Den are asked to contact Alan Strowett at the City of Prince George by emailing alan.strowett at princegeorge.ca or by calling 250-561-7582. This year's Wine Lovers Dinner raised more than $100,000 for the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation. The event was held September 24th at the Coast Prince George after going virtual last year. Proceeds from the evening were purchased Sim Jr., the third member of the Sim family, to help local health professionals learn how to make quick decisions in life and death situations. Organizers would like to thank everyone who made this year's Wine Lovers Dinner a huge success and have already set September 23rd as the date for the 2022 dinner. September is Suicide Prevention Month. Join the Crisis Prevention, Intervention, and Information Center Wednesday evening for Souls Remembering Souls at the Bandshell in Clayton Today Memorial Park. Honor loved ones lost to suicide and support survivors of suicide loss with music, refreshments, art, and a silent auction. If you've lost a loved one to suicide, register to have them memorialized during the evening at crisis-center.ca slash events. Souls Remembering Souls, Wednesday from 6 to 8 at Clayton Today, Memorial Park. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. A 40% chance of showers this afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Wind from the south at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 13. Partly cloudy tonight. Gusting south winds becoming light this evening, a low of 3 with a risk of frost. For Wednesday, mainly cloudy. A 30% chance of showers. Wind from the south at 30 gusting to 50 and a high of 12. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
for the Post to Post show. On Thursday evening, we took to the water with uh, Jason Smith, assistant coach with the Barracuda Swim Club. And I asked Jason, so how exactly did you guys handle last season when the pandemic sort of broke out? When the pool, the aquatic center reopened September 8th okay. last year, yeah. uh, the we were also able to, uh, well, sorry, us and the Pisces mm-hmm. and the synchronized club, right. uh, we all had exclusive Monday to Friday, 4 to 6.30 in the afternoon, just those three clubs in the pool, and the mm-hmm. pool was set up as two 25-meter pools. Yeah. So it was just us in there uh, practicing training. Yeah. Uh, no public involved in the pool, no parents. Yeah. So it's fairly quiet. Yeah. A little under a lot of different restrictions. Mask on until yeah. you got in the water. Well, yeah, I was going to say, sw- sw- swimming with your mask on isn't yeah. going to work very well. Uh, sorry? Sw- swimming with the mask on probably wouldn't work very well. No. No, <laughs> and no you took your mask off just before yeah. you got in the water. And and the whole, yes, there were we, we couldn't do any unofficial time trials last year. We yeah. couldn't do any swim meets. Uh, so last year was all about practice, 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 improving, and the big message, Jersey and I, my boss, mm-hmm. the big message we were trying to put to everybody was just focus on your mental health. Yes. And me, I've always looked at physical activity as the best form of mm-hmm. stress relief. Yeah. So, and... You know, we just happen to be swim coaches. So <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's swimming or going to the gym or going for a bike ride or whatever. Just even going you for a walk. You get out and you go do something. And yeah. then after however long you're done, you're like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. And having said that, all of last year, I'd say on average, on average, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm coaching kids as young as <laughs> seven last year up to, oh, 14, 15. Yeah. So, I was averaging about once a week, somebody, one of the swimmers going, Jay, I'm just having a crappy day. Yeah. You know, whether they told me what the crappy day was about or not, yeah. that was up, entirely up to them. Yeah. And because they're still young and they're still learning how to deal with just oh. the stress of a normal day on top of yeah, the fact that everything no else everybody in the world is going through like you with the pandemic. Yeah. So... I have always said, okay, is this your happy place? Do you enjoy coming yeah. to the pool? Yes. Yeah. That's and okay. Well, here's here's what we can do. Whatever's stressing you out right now, leave it out in the parking lot. Yep. Leave it outside the building. Forget you even have that. Yeah. Just come in and concentrate. Have fun with your your, your friends here at the pool. Have yeah. fun with the practice for the next hour or 90 minutes, however long the practice is that day, and then you and I will talk after it. Yeah. 100% of the time, they come back, and you know, I pull them aside. I'm not talking to them in front of everybody else. No. Nobody else's business. Yeah. And I'll ask them, how do you feel now? Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, so much better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And suddenly remember that problem is waiting out in the parking lot, and it's going to be mad. And that's the other part. That's the other part I of it. I said, you're still going to have to deal with Whatever Whatever's been bothering that day, you still have to deal with it. However, yeah. because you are a much better frame of mind, yeah. you're going to be able to deal with that in a whole better light. Yeah. And if you still want to chat with me afterwards about it, I'm here. Yeah. Including your parents yes, or your teachers or a friend of yours that you want to chat with. But you need to chat with somebody about it. Yeah. Don't hold it up.
Mexico. Now this year, yeah, we are um, we're still waiting to hear back from Swim BC, who uh, is talking with Via Sport, yeah, uh, with regard to all the protocols of potentially holding hosting swim meets and time trials. Okay, uh, we have put in our our because um, every year. Every club in, in BC puts in has to put in a not a bid. Um, well, I guess for lack of, of a better term for now, a bid to say okay, we want to host time trials. Yep, and we want to host X number of swim meets. Yeah. So and then we submit our application, and then general in a non-pandemic year, mm-hmm. uh, it we submit it in, and they make sure. All the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Okay, yeah. there you boom, done you go and it poach it up on Swim Canada for you know, for example, our normal swim meets that we have in November and April, then clubs can go to Swim Canada and say, Okay, we want to go to Bear Curse Swim Meet yep. in November, click on it, download the file, and then send in the stuff. So we are still waiting to hear back about that. I so, mean, we have been told that the the likelihood of doing that this year is is high. Yeah. Just because, you know, we've gotten through the pandemic, everybody getting their second doses yes. of vaccines and whatnot. Now having said that with regard to the vaccines and the passports, yeah. Again we're here we're getting different messages from the city mm-hmm. and different messages from from B C mm-hmm. and from Canada. So until we get a a um how we get it nailed down, yeah. then once so, that happens, then I can send out messages to the club. Yeah. I'm guessing it's a fairly safe assumption, though. You guys aren't going to be traveling anywhere outside BC for a swim meet this year. Well, it depends. Right? Uh, I, well, the way Alberta well, is working right now? If you're looking at national championship mm. or... or um, yeah. Those types, and yeah. Because national championships mm. and junior nationals... Uh, those or age group championship, for example, national age group championship. Yeah. Those are all long course meets. Mm-hmm. So, and there are only so many pools in the country that have, and and some of the criteria for hosting those is you have to have one long course pool for competition. Yeah. You have to have another pool for warm up cool down protocols. Mm-hmm. You have to have at least two pools in your facility. Wow. So. And there are so many. There are only so many clubs, yeah, in the in the country that can do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that would be again be because it's a national thing. Unless something really dramatic happens over the mm-hmm. next few months in terms of cleaning up COVID, mm-hmm. the odds are you may have the national swim meet. But any of your swimmers who have been to them before are going to be going. Okay, this is nothing like what I remember. Because well, you first have to qualify first. Well, yeah. Right? Oh, come on. So, you can't just show up for the Nationals? <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Um, yeah, so I'm not, uh, again, uh, the um, the language on that. I know. Not yet. yet. I, I did no. everything. It, I mean, it's, it's a lot better than it was, say, a year ago when mm-hmm. nobody knows what's going to happen a week from now or a month from now or two months from now. Yeah. Now, you can start you to more of, more of that. You can plan stuff. a little bit further in advance. So, yeah. No, so, is are the Barracudas looking at possibly hosting a meet? Yeah. Okay. We have uh, we've applied for that uh, for November mm-hmm. and April. 
Okay. I can't, remember, I can't remember the date. Sort of your usual. Those are your usual dates, kind November of. November like, and yeah. April. Yeah. Usually, usually it's the third week in November and the mm-hmm. third week of April. Okay. But I think something going on with that third week of April. So I think it's the next weekend yeah, after that. Could, but I can't remember. Yeah. But well, third anyway. week in April could very easily yeah. end up being Easter or something like that, which mm-hmm. throws a yeah. bit of a whack exactly. into things. Or it could be the spring break in the schools. Correct. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Be back with the second part of the interview with Jason Smith from the Barracudas from last Thursday's Post to Post show. And that'll be after nine. A message from the War Amps. When you use a War Amps key tag, you protect your keys. If you lose your keys, the finder can call the number on the back of the tag. Or drop them in any mailbox. And the War Amps will return your keys to you. For free. Order your key tags today at waramps.ca. And make a difference in the lives of amputees, like me. Thank you. Be on hand Thursday, October 7th for the opening reception of Aaron Stagg's Half-Breed Mother at Studio 2880. This collection of paintings celebrates the sacred journey of motherhood entwined with the embrace and exploration of Aaron's Métis heritage. Each painting lies upon the face of papers used to extinguish the indigenous title of her ancestors. Featuring an artist's talk at 6, the opening reception of Aaron Stagg's Half-Breed Mother, Thursday, October 7th from 5 to 7 at the Studio 2880 Artisan Gift Shop. The Carefree Society is currently recruiting board members. The board meets five times yearly, including an AGM. Meetings usually last about an hour. This is a governance board which oversees the operations of the Society's Custom Transportation Service. Carefree Society has been operating handy dart service in the city of Prince George since November of 1971. If you're interested in joining the Carefree Society or would like more information, call Shawnee at 250-562-1397. The BC Schizophrenia Society is looking for talented individuals across the province to fill various positions and roles in their team. If you're passionate about serious mental illness and are interested in working for the BC Schizophrenia Society, take a look at their careers page for a list of postings, details, and how to apply. Find the career page through the About Us link at bcss.org. That's careers available at the British Columbia Schizophrenia Society, a reason to hope, the means to cope. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And now pick up the second part of the interview from last Thursday's Post to Post show with Jason Smith, assistant coach with the Prince George Barracuda Swim Club. You're back in. Has the team gotten back into the water then for the new season on a regular basis? No, not, not yet. yet. Only okay. because the, the uh, because the four seasons is is permanently closed. Yes. And the aquatic center is closed for its annual okay. uh, maintenance yes. shutdown for all of September and the uh, first week of October. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time since I've been here, and I've been here for 22 years, and yeah. Jersey's been here since 93, so that's, what, 27, 28 <laughs> yeah. years? Um, this is the first time that there's been no swimming whatsoever in September. Wow. Because both pools are shut down. Yeah. So we're going to be back in the water October 12th when the pool reopens. Okay. So that's going on. And currently right now, the top two groups are Youth National and Elite programs. Mm-hmm. We're just doing dry land yep. Monday to Friday, 4 to 5, uh, okay. beside, in that little grassy area beside the, uh, beside the pool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, where you see them quite frequently if you go by even the regular practice time. Yeah. A lot of times they'll be out there just... Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, if it's raining, we say, yeah. okay, no, no dry land. Yeah, well, and we had dry land today, and then it started to rain right at 5, five o'clock when we were done. It's like, sweet. Yes. We got the idea. Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, as long as it's dry land, you do dry <laughs> land training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and it's <laughs> just, gen- just general exercises mm-hmm. because they haven't done anything since... The end of July, yeah. and, and again, typically we finish at the end of June for the majority of the club, yep. and only those that are going to provincials or nationals swim in July, right? Be, but because both pools are going to be closed in September, and there are no swim meets or anything going no. on, so we sent an email out to the club saying, who wants to swim until the end of July mm-hmm. and have August and September off? And then start in October. Yeah. Instead of what we normally, you know, you have July and August off and start in September. Yeah. So, yeah, we got uh, we got a third of the club that said, okay. yeah, okay, let's so, do it. Yeah. For everybody that was swimming last year. So, it worked out well. Yeah. Especially considering that is like the first month of summer holidays as well. Correct. So, yes. yeah. So, you would have had some kids who their parents had already planned to, you know, go yeah, somewhere. And that's okay. So, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Well, we'd like to, but we're going, we're going to be away yeah. too much. So, okay. Yeah. No Just problem. make sure you put in your two hours of dry land every day and we'll <laughs> talk when you get back. <laughs> well, generally when, when we shut the program down for the, for a couple of months in, mm-hmm. in the, the summer, yeah. we generally tell the kids, stay away from the pool because you've been yes. in the pool since September. So as long as you're out doing other activities, whether you're yeah. oh. going camping and kayaking frisbee, or whatever. cycling or whatever. Yeah. But, but if you want to swim, stay swim. But, yeah. but we encourage them to go and do other things. Yeah. So, yeah. so now at this point, mm-hmm. do you have any meets scheduled? Again, uh, the only ones that we know of are the ones that we've applied yeah. for. Okay. And again, like I said earlier, we just have to wait yeah. and find out where all the parameters are. Yeah. So, so I, uh, personally, I, I have a I I feel good about yeah going to swim meet this year, and, and I think a lot of the kids are like, oh, thank goodness. Because yeah. I mean, yes, it was a challenging year last year because oh. they all swim because they want to compete. Yeah. So, and they love competing. They love racing. And not having that aspect of it and just practicing six days a week. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you're back in the water October the 12th. October 12th. So, yes. realistically, what would be the earliest date that you could look at, you know, if somebody said, we have we've put in for this weekend for swimming, not even yours necessarily, third week in November. Um, but would you be looking at any before that? Or would I, you no, basically well, saying, let's aim for our meet as the first one of the season? We generally try to be in the water for about six weeks before we go to a swim meet. Yeah. Which so, for example, uh, we generally go to Rupert for mm. our first one of the, of yeah. the season, which is mid to end of October. Okay. Because we've already been in the water since yeah. right now already, right? Now. So that's going on six, seven weeks by the time we go there. Yeah. However, and they're hoping to host theirs the week after we're already in the water. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's we a little Because we've quick. only been in the water for like a week and a half, and yeah. that just won't do it. So, no. unfortunately, this year, we're not going to go to Rupert. Yeah. So. So you're probably looking at your meet as being meet, the first yeah. one. Yeah. Because we typically, yeah. for... Um, invitational. We typically yeah. go to Rupert in October, ours in November, um, Kamloops in December, mm-hmm. and then January, February is either William Lake and or um, Quinnell, 
Um, and then April, we start getting into long course, and we have ours in April. Yeah. We try to look for a place to go to in January and in May, uh, and genuinely, William Blake might host another one in May, so we go on mm-hmm. to that one, and then we go to Kamloops again in um, June. So now you're back in the water October 12th. Yes. And you guys have got something happening on the 13th, the very Correct. next day. Yeah. We, well, the anybody who has already been a member of the club, mm-hmm. who's not a new, who's never, you know, who's already yeah. been training with the club, they're starting on October 12th. 12th. Yeah. And then October 13th, we're having new member registration. Okay. Uh, at the Aquatic Center. Yep. Five to seven o'clock in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Um, and it's first come, first serve. You don't have to register beforehand. It's no. come in and get a slip of paper with a number on it and go have a seat and get you organized. Mm-hmm. And we do the evaluations and we say, okay, well, your child's going to go in this group or that group. And yeah. and, I, and we have, I think, four or five parents that are helping out with the registration this year, like we always do. Yeah. And so, for example, myself and one or two other members of the coaching staff will do the evaluations. Yeah. And then we hand the the sheets of paper to the parents yeah. with the notes on there what group they can go into and then they go and talk to the to the uh, registration to the parents who are holding hosting the registration the registration and then they yeah. go from there so I'm guessing again assuming nothing changes between mm-hmm. now and then yep. the parents who are there will have to have masks on at all times uh, yes. I mean, yeah. when you're, I, I don't think that has changed. When no. you're in the building, you have to have a mask on. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, when the kids are coming in to swim, to yeah. ESF, oh, yeah. uh, we'd also like to make sure, because some of them come in without goggles. You know, it's better mm. if you bring your goggles, because yeah. then it's easier to see what you're doing. Yeah. So, there's that. Okay. Yeah. A few little minor things. So, Jason, people want information about anything to do with the Barracudas. Like, they mm-hmm. want more information about the registration assessment mm-hmm. night. Maybe their child has been with the Barracudas before, and they mm-hmm. realize, oh, my goodness, yeah, it's that time again. Where can they find anything they need to know about the swim club? On our website, mm-hmm. pgbsc.org, Prince George Barracuda Swim Club, yeah. dot org. <laughs> uh, however, you can also send a... Um, an email to the registrar, mm-hmm. and that email address is registrar at pgbsc.org. And that interview again from Thursday evening's Post to Post show with Jason Smith, assistant coach of the Prince George Barracuda Swim Club. That'll wrap up today's show. I'll be back here tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM, proudly supported by local businesses like Simba Motors. Number 24, 1839 First 